Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcaster named Sean Allen. ASAP, another Sean Allen podcast. ASAP, another uh, Sean Allen podcast. ASAP, hit that follow button wherever you listen to podcasts and Spotify and Apple listeners. Please rate five stars and write a review. I have singer, actor, producer. Why don't you fill in the blanks? Because <laughs> I, I got I got you listed down as fucking reality star, fucking dancer, actor, singer, producer, writer. What else do you do, Valentine? Um, adjunct, adjunct college professor, and I also am a senior human resources executive. Are you really a college professor? Yes, it's been five, oh, what, five and a half years now. I did not know that. Yeah. Wow. Do I got know, class tonight, I mean tomorrow night. <laughs> can we talk about where at? No, I don't tell people where I work because I don't want people to show up. I mean, I mean, not for nothing at this point. The students, uh, definitely, I'm almost certain when I walk into class, people will approach me. And say, oh my God, Professor Valentine! Oh my God, I seen y'all. Is that you on TV? I know. I saw. Oh my God! Is you that know? embarrassing? No, no, because I mean they've recognized me from other. Go, oh, Professor Valentine! I saw the interview you had with Jennifer Lewis. Oh my God, I can't believe it! And I'm like, oh yeah. Actually, it kind of throws me off because I'm not in that mind state when I'm at school. <clears throat> you know, I'm just <clears throat> I'm a professor. So um, when somebody approaches me about something other than school. It does kind of throw me off just a little, right. but because um, it kind of makes me remember, like, oh yeah, that, that's right, yeah, I do, do <laughs> I did do that, but yeah, nah. for five years, I did not know that, and I've known five you for years, how long? Bro. Oh my god, I think eight, I think no, no, six, seven, something like that. Let's see, I was, I'm, I, I, I met you before, I met you before I started teaching because I had produced the first season of c square which we, we you were a part of right right before like i think a year before i started teaching wow so mm-hmm, that wow i did not know you were an educator so you got a list of of things you do so if i need a job <laughs> or a no. career change are you jamaican no i'm <laughs> african-american 100 <laughs> well, i mean you from brooklyn so yeah we brooklyn know, we know how the it goes down in brooklyn but Valentine, man, thank you for tapping in on ASAP. First time on a pod, man. Have you ever been on a pod before? Um, no, not audio only pod. It's been audio visual. Okay. So this is my first time. I actually like it. It's, it's cool, like doing radio, huh? I mean, we 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 up here fixing it up and about to switch things around. But thank you for tapping in, man. It's been a long time. Anytime. Basically, 
I know you're from Brooklyn. How, so this has been a recurring theme on this podcast, LA versus New York, LA natives, LA transplants. What do you think about LA? You've been here for how long? Oh my God, uh, about nine, almost 10 years now. So. Do you like it? Okay, so I have a, a double-edged sword kind of answer when it comes to that question. <clears throat> I think career-wise for me, it has done wonders. Right. Uh, socially and culturally, I'm not interested. I do not get involved <laughs> at all. I do not get involved. I'm serious. I don't. I focus on working out in my career. That's literally all I do in Los Angeles, California. Right. I very rarely do social. Unless it's like close friends, but that's even far, far in between. Has it always been like that? Mm, yes. Um, actually, yes. I've never been a big going out person, even when I was younger. Right. When I, in high school, oh, please, my friends would go out. I don't remember one time I hung out late and came out, like came home, back home. One, two in the morning. No, it wasn't two. I think it was no, six in the morning. From Demerara. I even remember the club because that was the one time I went out when I was in high school wow. with my friends and I stayed out to the wee hours in the morning. But I've never, I've just never been that type of person. When I went to school in Atlanta and I was at Clark Atlanta University, we went to Tracks. Tracks was the gay club out there and it was so close to the campus, we used to walk. Wow. You know, or they actually, I would get in the car and drive with my friends and then I would get tired and be like, okay, I'll see y'all later. And I would walk back to the campus and leave them <laughs> at the club. Cause I'm just like I'm I'm over it now, you know. But okay, so you, your 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 social culture that you adapt or environment that you've been in has nothing to do with LA. It's you. Yeah, it's just me. Okay, okay. I'm about to say I'm not about to let you bash the land on oh, Crenshaw and MLK. Do you ever come to this part of town? Yeah, actually, uh, down the street, I was two blocks uh, down is where we film um, a podcast that I created. About two and a half years ago, um, we are now going into our third season. It's called Comedic Minds. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I actually co-host with another up-and-coming comedian. She's really talented. Her name is Ivana. She goes by Maystone on Instagram. I don't know where that came from, but <laughs> that's her thing. She's beautiful, though. She's beautiful. She's really intelligent and really funny. I'm thinking that you're one of these transplants that come to L.A. and just stay in one area. Mm -hmm. No, but you've been... To South, you come, you, I mean, you got a show down here, South Central, so. Yeah, um, but I'm not a, I'm not a wanderer around, usually I'm somewhere because my business took me there. Right. Like something about work or working out or, you know, took me there. To be honest, um, when I first came here, I was signed to a group called the Peacemakers um, under Sly Jordan, who was um, with Aftermath. And um, right. they relocated me here. That's how I got to California. And um, I was in a house of Sherman in Sherman Oaks or Sherman Way with um, uh, another songwriter and producer. And that's where we were. I, and I, I didn't know anything about learning anything really extra about right. Los Angeles during my time there because, you know, we had a car or service took us back and forth to the studio. Oh, y'all was doing it like that. Well, they were. Like <laughs> <laughs> I received my payment. And I was part of the group, you know, as a, as a writer, you right. know, and I loved my time there. But. I really didn't explore and learn more about Los Angeles until after I left and I moved to Koreatown and I met my very first boyfriend and who ended up moving in with me. And he, he's actually from North Carolina, South Carolina, but he'd been for years and he was a model and he had actually had a billboard up cause he's an actual working model oh, wow. all around the city when I met him. And he's the one who literally 
truly introduced me to LA. Like everywhere we went, it was because he knew these places. So I pretty much was just with him. Wow. Are you still in Koreatown? I am, yes. I, I don't think I want to leave. Um, when I actually, uh, I do plan on maybe <laughs> leaving when I purchase a home. But, you know, I got to wait and see about that. You know, about where I'm about this house. You're right in the heart of LA, too. So mm-hmm. it's easy to get in and out of Koreatown. I hate when people come to LA and they get a hotel at the airport. They ask me, they were like, what part of LA should I get a hotel at? I'm like, Koreatown is the, probably the most central. So that is why I moved to Koreatown. Yeah. Again, I didn't know anything about LA. I'm telling you, I was in a serious bubble when I first came and I was working with those guys. Um, it was another friend of mine who lived here. Right. Um, he told me, you should move to Koreatown. And he helped me find the apartment. And he told me at the time I didn't have a car. And he said, here you'll be able to get anywhere. And transportation is right down the street. Right. So, yeah. But then when I got a car, it was horrible. No parking. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. L.A.'s parking. You got to do at least two, three laps to come into my house, especially where I live at. And it's never no street parking. Mm-hmm. Please, I remember being in grad school and coming home. I would work. Then I would go to school in grad school. And I would come home like 11 o'clock at night can't find a parking spot and I would just dump, park by a, a hydrant and sleep in the car till about five in the morning when people start moving because they're going to work. Then I will move the car, park in the spot, go in the house, take a shower, get myself together to go back to work. Wow. Paying all that rent to sleep in the car. Right. Okay. Biggie or Pac? Biggie. Why? Not even, that's not even. Biggie only got like 20 songs. I really don't care. <laughs> he he's he he made more of an impact on me. I mean, I'm from New York, from Brooklyn. Um, uh, his language was my language. You know, it's like you love languages. Like I'm sure Tupac's um, touched a special place in people's hearts here in Los Angeles because the twang in his voice and the swag in his step. You know what I'm saying? And the way he moved when he delivered his lyrics when you were watching the videos. So Biggie did the same thing for me, you know. And then on top of it, of course, you add the whole, oh, he repping Brooklyn, you know. <laughs> you know, so, you know, he was just a little bit more impactful. Who, would I, who do I think was globally more impactful? Tupac. Okay. You know, hello, Tupac um, had more of a legacy. Coming his mother um, and being a part of the Black Panther movement. Right. Um, being a part of, uh, I mean, not for nothing, gang life. And what, what was it? The Crips, Bloods, or whatever. War, the, I forgot the name of the, his group. But at any rate, they're very impactful in the world. You know, maybe started out negatively or however you want to look at it. It's impactful. Right. You know, and also movies. You know, he got an opportunity being in the city in Los Angeles where I really believe the artists out here know the power of the television and the image. And they make great use of it, you know. Yeah, that's that's interesting. You said that. I was talking about earlier, a previous podcast, how he was. The argument was Bad Boy made better music than Death Row, but my argument back was like, where are the Bad Boy artists and where are the Death Row artists? Yeah. Snoop is a household name. Yeah. Ice Cube is a household name. Dr. Dre, you know what I mean? Um, and he his argument was like, well, look where they're at. Look where they came from. They knew how to take use of marketing. Right, right. They know that they knew the value of marketing and the, the power of the right. image. Like the, they know it, they knew it more intimately because they are here in the epicenter. Right, 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 you know? right. And people had more greater access to them. You know that were in those 
those wheelhouses to reach out to him. So you're riding with Pac, okay? No, I'm joking. You're riding with Big. Riding I like him too, but you know, I can't recite any of his rhymes. I don't <laughs> know. You can if something maybe. Came on, if something came oh, on, you go. Oh, maybe a part here or there, but I don't need something to come on to recite, recite something of Biggie's. Compromise or sacrifice or rules and boundaries. Ooh, wee. I'm a big proponent of both. Oh, my God. Uh, you got to pick one. Compromise and sacrifice or rules and boundaries. I pick um, compromise and sacrifice. I feel... Uh, although I don't, I'm, I don't believe that. Yeah, I would never get, I would never make it anywhere if I'm not willing to compromise and make sacrifices. And that's not just only in my love life, but my professional life. I'm always sacrificing okay. and taking chances. It's like you know, I produced the C Square Talk Show, but what you didn't know is I was struggling. I didn't pay rent, so I could pay a lot of the production bills. And then right. I had to find out post production is an even bigger monster. You know, like when we doing the editing, it went over the budget. So like I'm like. Begging for more time from it the always office. go over the budget. <laughs> yeah, so it's like I take chances and I turn around and did it again for the next season. You know, it's right. like I just believe in um, making sacrifices and compromises, especially when I'm dealing with talent and I'm dealing with a relationship with someone. So right, right, right. You fly, you say fly too. So there's an upkeep of lifestyle that component that you are. Uh- <laughs> I never believed in being a starving artist. I'll be damned. That's why I did all I did. And you know what? It's funny. I don't ever think about all the things that I've done until until these moments. Yes. Yeah. And I talk about it. And or somebody be like, Yeah, how did you you stay in great shape? How you go to the gym so often? And you did this, and you was going to grad school at the same time, and you was like, and you was doing a show. I was like, and you was working a full time job. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, well, I did do all that, didn't I? I didn't think about it. I was just doing it because I know I wanted, I either had to do it or I wanted to do it, and that was just it. It was get it done, you know. So, um, um, God, what was your question? The reason why I started talking about it. And shout out to you too, because as I was telling you privately, um, the C Square. I didn't tell you this part of it, but being from LA and kind of growing up in the industry or in the business, if you will family members, cousins, parents, whatever, that that C-Square set was probably one of the first sets that I've been on that was independently funded, if if that makes any sense. Yeah. That was, like, up to par, like, industry standard. It mm-hmm. wasn't, like, ghetto. It was very professional. The set was immaculate and nice. And to hear that you paid for that all out of your pocket, yeah, that's okay. wild. I don't – let me tell you, okay – so now I remember uh, your, geez, I did remember your previous question, and now I forgot. Again. It's all right. It's all good. Anyway, it was the reason why I brought all that, brought that other stuff up, but we'll get back to that, I'm sure. But um, I definitely believe in, listen, I work a nine to five, okay? Uh, I am a senior human resources executive. Um, when I go into these people's organizations and businesses, I also do a lot of consulting. They expect me to show up and perform. You know, I write policies and procedures. I do, you know, I do a lot. And right. so I refuse to apply the same level, that, that level of excellence for somebody else and not for myself. Right. You know, I'm not going to work harder for you, somebody else and not work as hard as for the white me. Man. You crazy. I'm not that. I'm not doing. <laughs> you know, so right. when I am doing anything I do, no, it needs to be. It needs to be on a certain level, and I'm not playing no games. Now, right. you know, I'm hesitant on using the word saying, oh, not ghetto, because 
I don't want. It's um, very anti-black. I, 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 yeah, I don't want to, you know, because I mean, I'm from, I'm not, I didn't grow up in the real, tra- you know, bad, really, really bad parts of, of Brooklyn. Right. Thank God. Thanks to my parents being such um, hard workers and really making sure that, you know, I wasn't exposed or lived in that type of environment. But I know what it's like, you know, and I'm like, mm, I think the the I think the soul and the spirit of it is amazing, right. but and you can keep that and still elevate your surroundings and the way you operate. So, for example, on that set, I'm how I am now. That's the same way I was on set. You know what I'm saying? I talk to you just like I'm talking to you now, right. and I keep that. I don't have to change my vernacular to be yeah. So you know, like no, no, I don't have to be whitewashed. I'm gonna be me. I'm from Brooklyn. Code switching. Yeah, co- yes. There you go. It's called code switching. Correct, and. My thing is, I'm going to be me. I'm going to be the soul and heart of who I am. I am a black man from Brooklyn, New York. You know, I went to school, Clark Atlanta University, so on and so on and so forth. But I know excellence. I know how things should be. And I expect the same from the people who I surround myself with right. when I'm doing these projects. Now, do we eat, you know, soul food and do all the things and laugh and joke and be talking? About, yes. But we, when we do in our work, it's right. right. Like our work, we don't play. Right. You know, so... Say, I don't uh-huh. say New York, New York, York, York. <laughs> it's that way. It's New York. <laughs> say it my way. And how do you say it? New York, New York. You said it the right way that time. I did. Oh, you said New York. <laughs> oh, I don't know this. My, I mean, I guess I still have. You know, when I talk to my little brother, sometimes I don't. I'm like, what the fuck you saying? Because he's still in Brooklyn, yeah. you know, so he uses, I mean, he's young, much younger than me, so he uses slang I never heard, and his accent is so thick that I hear it when I talk to him on the phone. Like, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> I didn't even know people in New York still had accents. Well, I ain't know I had an accent until. <laughs> until you came in. Yeah, then I'm like, oh, I guess I got a homie out there. He, 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 oh, he younger than me. I mean, he probably 10 years young. He had an old school, like, 90s New York accent. I did not know niggas still talk like that out there. Because New York is so, uh, it changed so much. Yeah. You know what I mean? The influences and the people moving in. In front of the camera or behind the camera? Behind the camera. Let me tell you something. For the longest, okay, I have been told, oh, you need to be in front of the camera. You need to be doing this. You need to be doing it. Even when I was in school, in, in, oh, in Atlanta, a good friend of mine, her name is... Uh, Tamika Stewart, she went by the name of Honey Brown. She's a dope singer-songwriter. She's well-known in Atlanta. And she will always tell me, you need to be in front of the camera. Even to this day, we still friends to this day after all these years. You need to be in front of the camera. You need to be in front of the camera. And even my best friends say the same thing. So now right. that I'm on 90 Day Fiance, Love and Power, they say, like, I told you. Like, oh, my God, you know. But I'm like, you know, thank you, but I'm, I am I feel like I, I love more discovering talent and cultivating and putting someone else in front of the camera and creating the um, the vehicle that drives that, you know, like producing, executive producing, you know, creating. Like, I prefer. Now, will I, if I have to, will I get in front of the camera? Yes, but that's extra work. Right. Like, I'm like, mm, you know, I'm like, I just want to, I just want to lay, I just literally want to hunch in my seat. <laughs> you know, like, I want to have to sit up straight. Oh, my God, now I can't curse. Remember, don't curse. Like, I don't want to do that. I just want to be free. <laughs> you know, so I'm like, I don't really want to be, you know, so every opportunity I can to um, kind of like do a handoff, you know, like if I have to be in something, hosting something, I will, like, the first thing I'll be I'll introduced to, oh, I should have a co-host. Because in my mind is, I'm not staying here. 
You know what I'm saying? And I'm going to get a co-host so that we I could eventually not be here that often to where I'm not here at all. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just so I could really build behind the scenes. I have a production company, Valentine Entertainment Inc., you know, and I have several projects that I think are freaking amazing and they need to be, they need attention to grow. You know, I want to build a my, build up my company. So I cannot tell that you do not like to be in front of the camera. <laughs> it's just extra. It's extra. I mean, I'm comfortable. I'm, com- I'm okay. I'm comfortable. But at the same time, I'm like, mm, you know, I, 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 I literally, I, okay, I'm sitting in behind the camera. I'm talking, right? Right. And literally as I'm talking, I'm, I cannot stop but looking around me and being like, they need to fix that. But I can't say that because I'm on the, I'm the camera's on me. I'm watching, I'm like, so-and-so, get over there. Like in my mind, I literally, my mind is thinking as I'm talking, I'm like, oh my God, is somebody going to do, you know, is somebody going to do that? Like somebody probably should go get the next act, you, you know, because on the next, after the next segment, I mean, not, I know I have people to do that. But my mind works that way. I'm thinking about the two segments ahead, you know, and who's coming. Are they okay? Are they making sure that they, did somebody go talk to them or they just sitting out there? You know what I'm saying? In the lobby. Like, no, talk to them. Ask them if they need some food or something to drink. Like, my mind goes like that, you know? Right, right, right. Because that's how I run my set. Yo, since I got your attention, if you haven't, make sure you follow the spot wherever you listen to podcasts and Apple and Spotify listeners. Don't forget to rate and write a review. You only could pick one, okay? Okay. Okay. I'll try. Love song or popular? Love song. Love song? Oh, you named two of my songs. <laughs> love song or popular? I, I, I pick love song. You know, um, popular is a song that I, I mean, I wrote both of those songs. Right. Um, and produced the music for both. Um, and I'm singing both of them. They're actually on the EP that I have out now that's available on all streaming platforms. Um, just look for Dewan Valentine. Yes. Tell me about Love Song. You know what? So listening to Love Song, I'm like, it sounds like some Jodeci inspired influence. Really? It's so soft. It's the softest song I have ever done. Like the calmest. Right. Because I'm more about, you know, I'm doing something more, raising my voice because I have a, uh, I'm a first tenor, so right. singing this low is actually this was a challenge recording because I have to, and then my, pers- my personality also was kind of uh, excitable, right. so to actually sit this, it was hard to sing that song. But yeah. it's one, so it's my one of my favorites from the EP. But tell us about love song. Uh, love song was basically. I am a person that's always in my feelings. <laughs> I be in my feelings. Always Especially looking for love. Especially when it comes to love. Yes. And I, um, it, it's just literally about um, saying, hey, let's make a love song, just me and you. No matter, you know, what your friends say. Like, I think the song starts off saying, they don't approve my friends when I tell them about you. But I don't care Oh you're good I tell them just What I'm gonna do It's obvious to me You know so it's just It literally just But I wanted to make sure It wasn't so much like Singing as whispering Into my My significant other's ear You know what I'm saying They don't approve my friends Like a love song Like a lullaby When you're going to sleep You know what I'm saying That's how I was envisioning Envisioning the song So is that Is that is that your favorite from the EP because this is the no, 
I'm sorry. Wait, what's your favorite from EP? Adore you. Okay. Adore you is my favorite. I think only because adore you. I don't. Okay, so adore you. I, you know, it's, I dedicated it to someone special. So, you know, um, I think that's why um, adore you is one of my is my favorite on the EP. Um, it's another slow song, but it's a little bit more up tempo than love song, and I don't sing as softly. You know, but yeah. What about this song? She looking real sleek. I pick my two favorites. Oh, popular is your favorite? I don't know how you feel about them. I, I wrote them. I like them all. <laughs> At one point or another, they were all were my favorites, and I moved on to the next. Oh, that's my favorite. She looking real sleek. Right? See how it just, I, I like to play with my voice because I'm a songwriter right. first. And one of the skills I picked up when I started songwriting was producing vocals. Right. And when you write for different artists, you have to produce the vocals differently. So when I got really good at that, I started to apply it to myself. And I was like, every song don't have to sound like sound the same. I can play with my voice, you know. And so I do that like as much as I can. So like um, uh, uh, the girl that cuts my hair, she heard we were she was doing my hair, uh, giving me a hair because she was doing designs in the back. Right. And she said, um, Alexa, play songs by Dewan Valentine. And, you know, my song started playing. And when she heard Popular before, Popular actually has a music video that's out now. You can check it out. It's on right. YouTube. Just search Dewan Valentine Popular. And then Love Song came on. And she was like, that's you? And I was like, yeah. She was like, that don't sound nothing like I you. I think that's why I took to that because really? it had a familiar sound. And the vocal wasn't the same as the other vocals on the... You know what I mean? Yeah. And it sounded, it was a classic R&B. And R&B has taken a major hit lately. <laughs> I've yeah. been paying attention. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, this adds to what we are saying R&B is missing. Yeah. I, actually, I I have a feeling, I think that should the song get an opportunity to actually be heard, meaning it's aired or played on radio, I think it will take because it's something that sticks with you and anybody can sing it. Love songs make a love song, love song, you know, and it's yeah. it's uh, it's not pretentious. Ain't nobody hollering and screaming, you know what I'm saying? But it's soft and it's just catchy and it it's a vibe. A, it does have a. Uh, I say this on here too, quite a few times. But Adele can really sing. We know that, mm -hmm. but her songs have a sing along element mm -hmm. to it. That's why I think that's why it does so well. And her songs are easy for anyone to sing. Mm -hmm. Love song has that element. So thank you. I were you conscious, that. like when you created? No. Also, that just happened. Oh, I, every song tends to be the same way. I think that's just part of my songwriting style because I don't intentionally do it. It's just when wow. I, that's just the end result. And I have female songs that you know songs with I've written for females and they are demoed songs like right. in my catalog with the same thing going on. Like they, you could sing along, like they catch you, these hooks. So it's, is that tough though? Like listening to the radio, watching TV, hearing like music videos or whatever. And then having to go in a lab, like later that night and get in the studio and write a song. Does it, does no. that like, does the stuff that you hear influence what you do in the studio? Um, for me, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You, uh, um, does it seep into your mind and like yeah. kind of mess you up because you caught on this melody or that melody? Right, right, right. No, that that never happened for me. That never happens to me. If anything, um, I will hear something, be like, 
that's dope. And maybe I want to write something similar. But as far as like their melodies getting stuck in my head and I can't get their melodies out and messing with like any melodies that I might create, that has never happened. It's like, any if anything, like so for example, usually how songs I hear inspire me is it makes, usually it's a female song and it makes me want to write an answer. Like I got tired of Beyonce's, well, I love Beyonce's song. Um, to the left, to the left, everything you own in the box, to the left. I loved it. But every time I heard it, I just been like, Girl. so I wrote a song called um, I Can Do Better. <laughs> and the song goes on. She was a slick operator, a female G.O. I'm straight up. She knew just what to say, then turn to walk away. Oh, girl, you had me hypnotized. There ain't too many girls like you, baby. And da, 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 da. then the hook goes, goodbye. I don't really want to give it another try. Because I can do better than you. To all the girls around the world, I'm available. Goodbye. I don't really want to give it another try because I can do better than you. To all the girls around the world, I'm available. You got to hear it's dope. Okay. You hear the finished product, it's dope. But Oh, I sang in that song too. Did you grow up singing? Oh, yes and no. So the reason why I say that. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a It's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Because I learned I could sing when I graduated from the fifth grade, was going to from elementary school, I was going to junior high school because I sang at the graduation. But some of the things attached to my singing made me not sing. Um, one, so I remember when um, when I was in the fifth grade, I was in, I was in Catholic school, and the church right across the street it was called uh, Saint Peter Claver, 
in um, Bedford Stuyvesant, New York, Brooklyn, New York. Right. And the church right across the street, the Catholic church was big, right across the street. And I remember um, we sang, that's what friends are for, and they broke up the parts. Everybody had a part. So I remember we would go to rehearsals, and um, every time I would sing, this girl, Veronica, she had, I had Stevie Wonder's part, and she came right after me, Veronica, this girl named Veronica. And I remember every time I would sing, the reaction I would get, she would be like, she would be nasty to me. She had an attitude. Like, I mean, she had, I, I, I did not know what was going on. I just knew this bitch got an attitude. And then, I mean, it was just, it was weird to me. I didn't like the feelings I was getting. And then what did it, then what did it, it's a couple. So at the graduation, I'll never forget the church was packed. It's a big church. Church is packed. We on the stage and my part come. Um, uh, what's Stevie part? I don't even remember Stevie part anymore. Anyway, I started singing the whole church <sighs> screaming, right? And I remember, I never forget my best friend at the time, Raymond. His parents were sitting in the front row. He was like right in front of me. And Raymond's father did like this. You go like this, like a gay, like, like, and that made me feel like, <gasps> am I letting people know I'm gay? How old were you? I was in fifth grade. I uh, knew I was gay, but I didn't tell it. I, I, didn't, I didn't even know. I mean, I think by then I knew what gay was. I'm not 100%, but I knew I was gay, you know? And I felt like my singing and gay and me knowing I was gay somehow um, was the same. So I thought that I sounded gay, you know, like when I, I thought that my singing made people know I was gay. So that made me be like, oh, I don't, I'm not singing. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and then my parents, my mother, she definitely wasn't encouraging. She didn't want, she didn't care that I sang at all. To this day, she don't ask nothing about me. And it's not that she's hating on it. She just literally does not care like she does not it doesn't even register to ask does that bother you um it, it did for years but i'm over it now i'm over it it's like literally she'll call me and she'll ask about the things she care about like that that matters it to her oh so how was teaching going she loved the fact that i'm a college professor she doesn't really she likes the fact that i'm a senior executive at hr but to her that's like mm, it, uh, the teaching thing is more something that ma is uh to her that's substantial she don't ask like that's such a small part i do that part-time you know what i'm saying like i do hr and i do entertainment and i do all these things you know like like she didn't even know i got signed to aftermath i mean not aftermath uh, to um peacemakers and you know and moved to california she don't i didn't tell her nothing about it because i know she don't care and she's not interested she don't know i mean i'm not mad at her but that's just how i grew up what about your dad oh that's another story <laughs> So I grew up, my mother was married to my stepfather since I was two, so he's not my real father. Um, well, he kind of is if he, did his, if he did a great job, right? Well. <laughs> is that so, another show? Yeah, probably. So I would just say, that, I mean, he took care of his responsibilities um, as best as possible, but he was really like my, my live-in bully. Like he, we didn't, we couldn't stand him. That's another show for another episode on another podcast. I mean, he, it, it wasn't always, he, he, you know, he showed love when he felt like it, but most of the time I was, please, no. It's kind of deep, kind of dark. Do your mom watch the show? Because you are on Love in Paradise Discovery Plus. Yes, Love in Paradise, 90 Day Fiance, Love wait, in wait, Paradise. Wait, 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 wait. Let me put the brakes on. I want to go back to your EP. See, okay. You, see, you took me off course. <laughs> so what is your favorite song? Your favorite song on the Valentine EP is Adore. Adore you, yes. Adore you. you Tell know. us about that. So, adore you. I literally just, I wrote that in the, in the bedroom, in my bedroom, just sitting in my bedroom. I'm telling you, I'm a big 
love person. Like I'm all in my feelings about love. And, right. And I literally just wrote it out. And little did I know that I was, you know, going to want to dedicate this to somebody, you know. So, um, yeah, man, adore you. I, I it just really, I, I'm always writing, especially when it comes to love. You know, I write a lot of about uh, about overcoming and loving despite all the obstacles and things like that. Right. Usually, excuse me, when I write about love. So, what song you dedicate to Carlos? He he get adore you. I get him adore <laughs> you. Yeah, adore you. <laughs> How, when did you record this EP? Um, oh, please. I, I've been a songwriter forever, so a lot of these songs I just pulled right out of my catalog. <laughs> like, cause literally, I, I I'm literally a person who I finish stuff. If I tell you I did something, I can press play. I can, and it's like as if it was ready to go. You know, like if you say, "Oh, I want to see uh, episode of the Sea Squid," sure, here you go, press play. I could you could see you could see a whole episode. They go to commercial. You come back to break. Like it's literally a real show, not a skeleton of one, not a script. No, it's finished and it's polished. So it's the same thing with my music. I write and I'll I'll produce or I'll work with a producer. I will sing it or find a singer, produce the vocals, mix it, and I have a finished product ready to go at any given moment. Just to play, just to press play, you know, because I feel like most times, especially when I'm unknown, so pretty much, you know, I'm not a big name. So I'm not a uh, Dream or Neo who known for writing with all these hits. They could probably walk in somewhere and just say, I wrote a song and I'll sing it for you right now. And they'd be like, oh, that's dope. Yeah, Neo. Right if I walk in at Valentine, they'd be like, oh, really? Let me hear it. And I, have, I better have all the whole idea complete. Otherwise, it's going to be like, you know what? You probably need to go back and work. You know, we don't really get the idea. They can't use their imagination at that point. You know what I'm saying? So I always come 100% correct. And that way, if I get turned away, I know I submitted my best. That's that's a good way to look at it. Mm-hmm. Who are the producers that you worked with? Um, oh, young guy named Mateo. He um, he lives here in Los Angeles, but he's not from Los Angeles. He's from the South somewhere. I don't want to I don't want to say because I might get it wrong and then he'll be upset. But anyway, his name is Mateo. Um, it's funny, his I met him through his mom. So his mom and I used to be colleagues, and she's an HR executive as well. And um, I just happened to be talking. I was like, oh, I want to, you know, I have a song called Adore You. I want to re- record it, but I don't want to, I, I really want to work with somebody instead of producing the music myself. And she was like, well, you know, my son is my son, my son is an up-and-coming producer. I mean, do you want to, do you mind talking to him? And I was like... I don't mind. Yeah, of course. He's young, black dude. And um, literally, I had maybe one conversation with him. I uh, had recorded the acapellas in the studio, like how it goes. And I made my little, <laughs> like, <laughs> be by my voice, which he used in the song. And I sent it to him. I don't know, maybe, I don't know, a week, two weeks later, he sent me two tracks. The first one I played, I was like, <gasps> that's it. And I didn't even hear the other one. I was like, I don't care. This one is it. I love it. It just hit me when I'm. I'm a, if I get emotional and I started singing the song, I was like, Yes, that's it. So him, Mateo, he's the only one. Everything else I produced and wrote and wow. and sang and did it myself. That's dope. And I, I mean, I took it to this. Well, I took I think three of the songs to engineer them to make to get final mixes on. Who is that man on uh, the show? Would you just sent to 
Not Harold, the other one behind the boards. Oh, uh, he's an engineer at the studio. Yeah, when, um, oh, so you were referring to on the first episode of Love and Paradise, uh, 90 Day Fiance Love and Paradise, when they introduced myself, they showed me in the studio actually recording Popular. So, yeah. Um, Just sent a like to that. Well, yeah. now on the show, you know what's funny? I mean, most people have no idea about a recording process. They don't know how, you know, they don't know. You know, so they were like, you hear a lot of, I saw a lot of comments like, what trash is that? Blah, blah, Because all they heard me say, he looking real sleek right down to ass, you know. And I'm thinking, first of all, dumb, I mean, I, this is me just talking in my house as I'm reading comments. Well, I wouldn't dare respond that way but in my mind I was like first of all dummy that's not a singing a singer's song that's a lot of vibe you know what I'm saying I can sing but that's a song where you just talk sing and number one that's number two number two you were just hearing me raw standing there saying she looking real sleek right down to you know you have to hear the finished product you know what I'm saying so I was just like oh, the people the people are so funny but wait is this on is the show's on YouTube too no, the show is on um, Discovery Plus. But how are you looking at comments of people? Uh, 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 Twitter, oh. Twitter, TikTok, because okay. because uh, Discovery and TLC they post the things on right, to, right, right. and Ninety Day Fiance has like millions of followers, and they post stuff. And it, and didn't tell you this franchise has die hard. Wait, wait, wait. we're gonna save that because we're gonna dive into that. Where can we listen to the EP? Oh. Um, I'm sh- I'm on all streaming platforms. If you search Dewan D E J U A N and Valentine V A L E N T I N E, um, I should come up. Or if you have Siri or Alexa, you could say, you know, play songs by Dewan Valentine. Oh wow! Yeah, and it sh- it, I, I should come up. You know, that information will be located in the description of this episode. <laughs> but let's hop into the elephant in the room: <laughs> Love and Paradise. I watch the show too. I, 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 that is on my TV playlist. 90 Day Fiance, all that stuff. Love and Paradise, like background TV, but that's something that I watch, right? Mm-hmm. It, so this stuff is real. Yeah. Yes. Um, How I, do you even get on? Oh, okay. So I, I too am a fan of the 90 right. Day uh, Fiance franchise. I mean, the main, I think, f- flagship show is 90 Day Fiance. And then they have all these spinoffs now, which Love and Paradise, the show I'm on, is one of them. And so I've been watching forever. And um, when when Carlos and I met, we met on Instagram. Right. And I sent him a little text message. And I was like, oh, you're cutie, long hair, big butt, you know, he's hot. So I just like, oh, you look good. And then about within an hour of being, and he was like, oh, you look good too. <laughs> and then we just started talking. And about a week after that, I we were talking on we talked like every day from the first day we met on video chat. I was watching 90 Day Fiance. So I said, Oh, you watch this show named 90 Day Fiance? He's like, Yeah, I love that show. So I was like, Oh, it'd be funny if we own him one day. And literally we didn't talk about it again until maybe I think seven, eight months, six, seven, eight months later, I was uh, grading papers. I was on a computer grade my computer grading papers because everything was online because of the pandemic. And so I'm grading papers. And I was like, oh, let me take a break. And I was like, you know what? Let me see if I could Google and find how you can audition to be on 90 Day Fiance. That would probably be cool. And so what I did was I did. I Googled it. I found an email address. And it's in, um, it said, you know, submit a summary or whatever. So I did. I submitted myself and Carlos's picture and a summary. 
and said, hey, if you want, you know, any additional information, feel free to call me with my number. And I didn't know if it was going to be a re- real email address or not, but I don't care. I, I said, I found out. Send. And I don't know, maybe a month later, um, a young lady emailed me um, for more information. I emailed her back, and then she called me the next day. And that was it. We was, we was on. Did they pay for you to go to Columbia? No, I pay. No, they don't pay people to go. No, I was I was already going. By the time, by the time they caught up with me, because it's a process. You know, you you you, you, you got to do a video interview with one producer, then you talk to this producer, then you talk to that producer, then right. you talk. It's a whole process. Because I mean, they, they they don't just have anybody on there. They are vetting you. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, which I didn't have a problem because I was lying about a goddamn thing, so I, I didn't mind. So um, and then they're trying to I guess see how you comfortable you are with because you're gonna have to do a lot of question answering throughout this whole process right, right, a right. lot so um by the time they caught up with me i already bought my ticket i was going i i was just the only reason why we hadn't met earlier is because of you i couldn't travel we couldn't travel internationally and now i wasn't they no vaccine then when i finally got my vaccines columbia still didn't have their vaccines so carlos wasn't vaccinated then when he finally got vaccinated and i finally could travel i bought my ticket so i already had my ticket i was going right. So they were just catching up with me. You flew into Cartagena? I sure did. Yeah. Oh, well, no, yeah, not Cartagena. I went straight to um, Barranquilla. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I went there in November. Amazing place. Oh, yeah. I've been to Cartagena. We, drive, we drove there. And Santa Marta. How long is that drive from Barranquilla to... Like within two hours. Like. So how long were you... Because we're on episode three now of Love and Paradise. Is that right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Episode three. So how long was the process with... Discovery Plus in you and Carlos. Like, how long was... Uh, I was filming for a couple of weeks. Oh, so Columbia. you were out there for a couple of weeks with the team, with the yeah, crew. Mm-hmm. But oh. they started filming out here before I even left. Right, yeah. Which is how you saw me in the studio yeah, yeah, with my yeah. friends. Mm-hmm. And they filmed with him too first. Out there. How was that experience, though, being so vulnerable? So you're being vulnerable to the love of your life for all intents and purposes, but you're being vulnerable in front of, I mean... Millions of people around the world. You know what I mean? Like how, mm-hmm. and you, you know, you said a million times on the show that you are a love person. You're into love. So maybe that was easy for you, right? Um, you know, there were a couple of things I learned about myself during the process. The one was I wasn't as self or secure or self-confident as I, in my body as I thought I was. I mean, I work out so much, you know, I try to take care of myself, but with the cameras on you, like everywhere you, like it's following you, it's there, you know, like it's in your face. And it's like, no matter what you do, I was more self-conscious about my body. Like, oh my God, like, no, I was covered up. You know, I didn't want to take my shirt off. And I was like, oh my God, I never knew I was this insecure, you know? And so I was like, that's something I need to work on. Two, um, also, um, the I'm usually myself, it don't matter. Like, I can't even front. I can't fake if I want to. I can't. Even if I tried to be like, if I'm nervous, like if he would have, if I'd have got emotion, overly emotional about one thing, whether it was good or bad, I'd have forgot the cameras was there. Like if you know what I'm saying, if I laughed, I was happy about somebody, I'd be like ah, you know, and hollered. If I was angry, I would have cursed somebody out. I don't care who around, you know, because that's just how I am. Um, so well, there was one, one moment where I believe that you overreacted. It was very, very like fucked up of me. Uh, what part? The alcohol part. Please, you know what. Spare me. I, I, I want you to tell me how I overreacted. Did you, how, how, how did I overreact? Because when I look at the TV, I was so calm and loving in my response. Uh, 
and I think that was probably more dangerous than you having the traditional, you know, Brooklyn response, right? The fact that you were calm kind of made it even worse because it was like, I felt like you didn't show like no real, like tangible emotion. And I think that you, it was very, very selfish of you to kind of overlook the gesture. Really? Because of what you, okay. whatever you went through, whatever your your childhood past traumas were, that you you just completely saw through that and almost attacked someone who was trying to make an amazing traditional, anybody in any situation, that's just what people do. They celebrate with champagne. Mm-hmm. That's not foreign. Carlos didn't just make that up. Mm-hmm. That's just something that we just do mm-hmm. as a global culture, society. Mm-hmm. And I thought that you kind of went a little too hard on him about that. Okay, it was so embarrassing. I, I was embarrassed for him. Okay, so I have uh, two reasons why I was so calm in that moment. The first one is um, because I know Carlos like very, very, very well. And if I would have reacted to him in a aggressive way, that whole scene would have been a, a whole nother scene. A, a violent one. It'd have been he don't he no. So when it comes to Carlos, even when when he deals with me oftentimes, we we practice the utmost patience because we know that our aggressive demeanors can set the other one off and it'll all go left, you know? Um so that was the first reason. The second reason is because um, Carlos and I have been dating for a year and a half. And I mean, we talk every day. So we spent birthdays together, celebrated birthdays over the phone together. We brought in the new year. Now, on the new year that we brought in, um, uh, let me tell you, he is amazing. He he did shit I didn't even know you could do. He he used, got on somehow on Uber Eats and had delivered to my house lasagna. Because he wanted us to have the same exact meal for New Year's. Because we was bringing it. We actually had recorded the whole thing. Um, we were on video chat. We were recording it. We were bringing in the New Year to get the countdown. And Columbia is three hours ahead of us in, in Los Angeles. So he had lasagna delivered to my house and everything. And he wanted me to drink champagne with him. And I refused. I said, Mm-mm. I said, I never drink at all. And he was like, not even on special occasions. No, Carlos, I don't. Oh, so he did that. Right, man. there you go. Okay. So th- that's why people are like, you don't know what you're talking about. You know what I'm saying? Like, like they, people, they don't have time to t- explain all of these things on the TV show. We're not the only couple. You see what I'm saying? It's like people, oh. you, you don't never get full details. And then also, like, I know people do that. Like, hello, I have friends here that would, they, they purposely love to try to, oh, he want to get Valentine drunk because they know I never drink. Or we would go up New Year's, birthdays. They'd be like, oh, just take a sip. No, I don't drink. You know what I'm saying? Okay. But the fact that I got there and he did not care, you know, or he felt like, yeah, I know all that happened in the past, but he's here now, so he's going to drink. Like, I'm, that that was going to set me off. You know what I'm saying? But I was like, okay, I'm not going to respond in a in an aggressive way, I'm just going to really try to talk to him and be like, yeah, like, no, no instance okay. do I ever drink, Carlos. And it doesn't matter that I flew here to meet you. I didn't drink on New Year's. I didn't drink on your birthday. I didn't drink on my birthday. You know what I'm saying? Like, I never drink, you know? So, yeah. So, that's stuff that people don't know. Like, we, this this not our first time. You know what I'm saying? Okay, because I was like. 
Yeah, like, oh, I carried on. Oh, like, no, no. I know that. People do that. You're right. You are right. People do that here all the time, you know? Like, oh, like, um, some people say, like, I've saw comments, and even, and I can understand, too, and I think they are correct, um, when they said, well, you, you, you looked at the bottle when they watched the episode. He's like, oh, you looked at the bottle, and you saw, and you asked him if it was um, real, and he said, yeah, and you drank it anyway. That did happen, but if without the context context of I've been talking to this guy for a year and a half, we so close and we've already been through this. He, he joking. You know what I'm saying? I trust him. When you trust somebody completely and okay. totally, you're not double checking behind the ass. You see what I'm saying? Right. You're like, all right. You're like, oh, he just joking. He know better. You know what I'm saying? Until I drink it and I felt the burn down. Like for somebody who never drink, probably the lightest drink is I'm going to feel it. You know, I'm going to know something is different than usual. So when I drink, I only had one swallow and I felt it burning as it was going down. I felt it up in my, I felt it burning. I was like, is that real? You know? So wow. yeah, that was the reason for my response, you know, and the, and the reason for the way I responded because I didn't want to respond in an aggressive way. I just wanted to communicate to him. You know? But you had a, um, I hope you had an off chat, off camera chat with him about that, right? Or that was that yes, was yes, we did. Um, he actually said, um, he actually told me now, and this is true. This is something I didn't believe at first, but I realized it's very true. Is that I, I often take for granted that he fully and truly understands um, what I'm communicating to him because he speaks English to me so well. But that is not his first language. So we get in such deep conversations that sometimes he doesn't know. He's like, "What is that? What do you mean?" You know, so he didn't fully understand that I truly do not drink. Um, and I, there are no exceptions. You see what I'm saying? So, you know, it was just a combination of the two things. But yeah, he knows now. Uh, we're only three episodes in of Love in Paradise. So we can't reveal too much or, mm -hmm. you know, give too much away. But what I was really curious about was why would you enter in a relationship with someone that you are not? compatible with sexually that Ooh, was very this is very deep. this is a deep answer okay because it's something that i have been struggling with before i even met carlos and what i've been what i've been struggling with is um okay so yes i'm a top right and, and what's the top um which means i primarily uh, penetrate and okay. i get penetrated like i you know so i guess for all intents and purposes I will be the man in a relationship, so to speak. A man, in a, as far as heterosexual terms. Okay, okay. That's what I mean. Yeah, you, know, yeah, yeah. you know you know, what I'm getting at. Like, so at any rate, um, but what I tend to find, um, at least dating here in Los Angeles, and in my experience, is every time I date a bottom, they are men, but they want you to treat them like they're women. They want to be, you got to pay for everything. You want to court them. They act like they, and I'm like, excuse me, you're a grown, you're a grown man. You know, and then also I miss oftentimes the uh, the assertiveness and of a man. You know what I'm saying? So I, I don't really get that from, at least from my experience, the bottoms that I meet. If they are assertive, is in a very so what's a, bitchy what's way. What's a bottom? A bottom is usually a guy or a person that prefers to be um, penetrated so all the time. So in gay relationships, uh, gay sexual relationships... There's uh, some gender or, like, role, like, 
Um, as far as sexual um, pre- preferences, like and how they p- prefer to have sex, so um, there are people that are versatile that prefer to. No, I mean like. Uh, I'm sorry. You said that top is uh, a man, oh, and y- then the bottom is. Uh, well, no, I, <laughs> I was saying I was saying just for reference, per, a reference point for people who don't understand what a top is. Imagine a heterosexual relationship. I would be the man. The one fucking. If I was a man and a girl, I'll be the one fucking the girl. You know what I'm saying? That is what I was saying. Is the man? But no, there's no. Both bottom can be a, is a man. He's a man. I'm a man. We all, you know. So I only use that as an analogy to help people right. who not understand what tops a top is exactly. What was the biggest takeaway from the experience? Well, can't am I? Is it even safe for me to ask you that because the show's not over yet, right? You're definitely gonna have to come back after the show is over. Do an after show, okay? That just you know, we don't want to. Then away I could. Too much. Then I could really be free, and I would um, get Carlos on the line so he could. Carlos so, should be here. Yeah, he. Well, you know, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't know. Would you do that? But, again, though? would you? Would you let the cameras follow you again, like that? Yeah, yeah, I would. You know. um, I have fun. This stuff is to, to me. This stuff is kind of fun, and also, um, I mean, honestly speaking, it's an opportunity to share. Like share, it's, it was fun to me. Have your mom watched it? Yes, she didn't really say anything though. What she about your brother? To me, um, actually, I'm almost sure, certain he has seen it because my cousins text me. My cousins have texted me and been like. Hey, I just saw a commercial. That's you, <laughs> you know. So I'm almost certain that my mother seen it. And I know, and then my, you know, um, my brother actually called me the other day, but I missed his call. So I'm sure he, you know, I don't know what he has to say, but I'm sure it's not not, not anything negative. What do you want to say? How old is your brother? He is thirty something. Yeah. Okay. And your music, besides what we saw on episode one, is more of the Valentine EP. Featured on the show at all? Yes, actually. Um, Popular and Adore You is both okay. featured on the show. And when does the show air? Um, every Friday on Discovery Plus. So I think literally when it hits 12.01 or 1 o'clock in the morning on Friday morning, um, the episode is available. How do I know that? Because I literally am up watching it. <laughs> <laughs> or Carlos. It's texting me. Yo, right. did you see the show? You know, it's out now because he's like three hours ahead. What should our listeners do ASAP? You should follow me. I'm on all social media platforms at V-S-E-N-T-V. At V-S-E-N-T-V. You can also see me every Friday on Discovery Plus, 90 Day Fiance, Love in Paradise. So check me out. You can also uh, check out my EP. It's out now on all streaming platforms. You can watch the music video for Popular. Uh, it's on YouTube. Just Google Dewan Valentine Popular. Dewan Valentine, D-E-J-U-A-N, Dewan and Valentine, V-A-L-E-N-T-I-N-E. So <laughs> in Popular, I rapped and I said V-A-L-E-N-T-I-N-E. And I was about to do the same thing just now when I spelled out my name, I had to catch myself. That would have been dope. Oh, my Lord. You know what that reminds me of? M-E-T-H-O-D. That's the purpose. Oh, Good look at you. 
Yo, let me tell you. Um, if you listen to the song, like the first, at the very beginning of the song, I say, "Fresh from the barbershop, a fly from the beauty salon." Everybody out here in the club looking real fine. And popular girls got. What did you hear in that? At the very beginning, that's the only thing most people catch in the very beginning. Fresh from the barbershop, a fly from the beauty salon. Everybody out. Will Smith. Summertime. Yes. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.